Good evening and welcome to Geek Hard, right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, right to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome to the only show hosted by two masters of diplomacy. This is Geek Hard. I'm your liaison to entertainment. Andrew Young with me as always is Mr. Green. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 yourself. We got a great show coming your way tonight. Later on in the program, we'll be talking with actor Tamara Almeida. She is one of the stars of the Apple TV Plus series, Jane, the children's series that uh, basically is based on the teachings and wisdom of Jane Goodall and uh, is all about the animals. Uh, we are also got a review coming your way of the new Netflix series, The Diplomat, dropped yesterday on the old Netflix. We're going to be talking about that series. And in just a few minutes, we're going to be talking with actor and director Samantha Wan, who you might know from Run the Burbs. She plays Kathy on Run the Burbs, but also she's a director who was nominated for this past year's Canadian Screen Awards for a direction of a TV movie. And uh, we're going to be talking about all that and more with her in just a few minutes. But for now, Mr. Green... Yes. Do you have that list of places that uh, we can bomb at, comedy-wise? Oh yeah, no, it's it's a it's a it's it, it's a substantial list, and yet growing. And growing, there we go. So if you have an open mic or a comedy club or a stage anywhere that you want us to come and bomb, in the comedic sense, we're here for you. We love masters of things. diplomacy, right here. Yeah, we love bombing things. <laughs> yes. Yes. As do some foreign leaders. And when I say foreign, I mean just to the south of us. All right, anyways, uh, we're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be talking with director Samantha Wan right here. Geek Card, Reality Radio 101. People around me walk back and forth between their day-to-day lives. But I don't. Hey everybody, Jimmy the Short Order Cook here, asking you, what's better than listening to Geek Hard? Answer, listen to Geek Hard while wearing a Geek Hard t-shirt. And there's a place you can get them, at tpublic.com slash user slash Geek Hard. We got a bunch of great shirts there. We got Geek Hard shirts, we got a Mr. Green's Tasty Meat shirt, and we got a Back Issue Bloodbath shirt. For all your geek needs with your geek merch, you want to go to tpublic.com slash user slash geek card. I'm not just asking you. I'm telling you. Welcome back to Geek Card right here on Reality Radio 101. (music) 
And now back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Yard. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here on a fabulous Friday night. In just a moment, we're going to be talking with actor and director Samantha Wan about her work on the film Love at Sky Gardens and more. Before we do that, just want to remind you folks that if you like Geek Card and you want more Geek Card in your life, there's a place you can go on the interwebs known as patreon.com slash geekard. If you sign up there, become a Geek Hardigan, become a member of the team, well, you'll be helping us bring you this great show, but also you'll be getting some really cool stuff in return, including your early access to podcasts. The entire Extra Hard Catalog, which is uh, Mr. Green's podcast where he talks about films, TV shows, actors, and directors with very special guests. We have a large number of those episodes there, plus the pilot for the January Men podcast, where a uh, group of curmudgeons sit down and they talk about a film from the past where one of us likes it, one of us doesn't, and two of us haven't made their decision yet. And so... We have healthy debate, much like someone would if they were a diplomat. Think about that. But yes, you can find all that great stuff and more at patreon.com slash geekard. We're going to get into the show. Are you excited, Mr. Green? Of course you are. 100% all the time. You know it. There we go. That's, you got that tattooed on your ass, don't you? I do. I do. It's, it's just right below the tramp stamp that I got. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that was it. Was the unicorn was an interesting touch there? I, you know, I am one, so I figured it was appropriate. Yes, Mr. Green. There is no one like Mr. Green. He's a unicorn. He's a unicorn. Look at him shine, and he's gonna shine tonight with us all. When we talk to our first guest, she is an actor, writer, producer, and director uh, at the most recent. Canadian Screen Awards, which just happened uh, in the past week. Uh, she was nominated for Best Direction in a TV movie. And uh, we're really happy to have her back on the show. I believe it's been about six years since we had her on. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please welcome to the program, Samantha Wan. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thanks Again. for coming. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming back on. I know, yeah, we talked to you all the way back, I believe, just before or after the Canadian Screen Awards where Second Gen was nominated. So. Totally. <laughs> yeah, it's just the second, the Canadian Screen Awards are the thing that brings me right. around and around. <laughs> That's right, right. That ties us all together. Yes, definitely. <laughs> oh, so Samantha, of course, this was the uh, return to in-person award ceremonies with the Canadian Screen Awards. So how was it at the show? Yeah, I think it was like very... Um, interesting like even the red carpet was a little bit different like I think they had kept it a little bit smaller some of some of it whereas like before it was like everyone was all together at the red carpet where they kept like a section downstairs so like already like the media and everything like that was a little a little different than it was before mm -hmm. um I also think that like being <laughs> surrounded by cameras and things when you've been in a pandemic is like oh my goodness what's happening <laughs> yeah it takes some getting used to definitely yeah yeah but there was also an extra buzz in the crowd where you could hear everyone's like oh, i wanted something to dress up for finally 
People were so psyched for that. Yeah, I think people were getting sick and tired of sitting on their couches for this award show. So to be yeah, back in yeah. public, yeah. There were a number of speeches where like, I've watched this on my couch for two years. Like, I'm finally here and play that stupid music. I'm going to talk anyway. Like- <laughs> well, you know, like some people just don't like to wear track pants that often, you know, and get all warm and snuggy on their couch. You know, they need to get out. They need to put on the fancy dress and, you know, or the or the suit and tails and just go for it. Right. Like, it's that's- true. I'm not one of those people, guys. Right. I'm in PJs on the bottom right now. I'm not Perfect. <laughs> that's OK. PJs are welcome here. Thank Mr. You. Green is pretty much in PJs all the time. So it's OK. <laughs> it's OK. Oh, my it's, gosh. But of course, true. you. You were nominated for uh, Love at Sky Gardens, uh, which, uh, you know, a romantic, I guess, dramedy yeah. in a way. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Romantic comedy, dramedy, comedy more so. I and I feel like that. that's that's kind of over the past, like, 15 years, that's kind of become, like, Canada's true national export. I think we make a lot of those. <laughs> we it's, do. Yeah. And so this was this was your first feature, right? Because you had done yeah. TV before that and web, but this was like your first feature. Yes, it was. It was the first time that I was kind of moving into like a feature length, like it's a full 90, 90 minute. And it was also during the pandemic. So I couldn't even look location scout certain places. So I was like, Oh my gosh. Like it, I was like, what are, what am I, I wasn't like, what am I doing? Maybe I was a little and I don't want to admit it, but <laughs> it worked out. It worked out. Okay. And it was honestly, it wasn't that different from second gen because we, um, on second gen, we shoot everything back to back. Like it is a feature. Oh, wow. So I was expecting it to feel hugely different, but um, luckily it wasn't. Actually, I wasn't trying to keep six episodes in my head at the same time. I had just one full movie. But you're right. In Canada, oh, gosh, we make so many. And in Ottawa alone, the company I was working with, they do like 20 a year. Wow. and. That that was totally different to have a crew that just they all work together. And literally, I was getting like my makeup and hair person like two or three days before shooting. They were coming off another one like it is truly like a a machine to be a part of. Yeah. And, and as a director coming into that kind of a universe, right, because it, it has its own language, right? Mm-hmm. Like there is a very specific language was that something interesting for you to, to, to work with? Because like, you know, obviously in second gen and other projects that you've worked on. You know, it's a it's a, it's different than than a romantic comedy like this. Yeah, absolutely. Because like you're you're right with second gen and other projects. Like I was the creator, so I was like, okay, I want it to be like this. It's gonna be like this <laughs> in that way. Whereas like um, making your mark on like kind of like a Hallmark movie or TV movie is like, all right, how do I keep the genre everyone's looking for, but still make it unique enough or give that kind of flair? And for me, it was working with the actors and the characters to really bring out individuality out of all of them and to kind of bring a little bit of that improv and fun. Cause I think sometimes you can, these movies, you can think like, okay, we're just in this box. This is this scene and this is this scene and this is this scene. So I just wanted to make characters that you wanted to hang out with and find uniqueness out of the actors um, in the best way that I could. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, the performances are key. Definitely. Also, uh, 
some very beautiful gardens as well. <laughs> yes. Some, oh man. When I you, feel like when the gardens are important in this particular one. Well, your so, movie's yeah. called Love at Sky Gardens. The, the, ugh. And it was like a, it was like the big thing was a big rooftop wedding. And I was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And I, I had, we had to shoot the wedding in half a day. Half a day. Our finale was shot in half a day, a whole day. Oh wedding. my God. Wow. Yeah. That, yeah, crazy. That's, that's that's that just sounds crazy to try and consider doing something like that. Like because I would think you would have had like you know at least a few days to a week to shoot something like that, but a few hours oh, like that's nuts. absolutely not. The whole movie was shot in thirteen days. Like oh. we shot the whole the whole ninety minutes in thirteen days. Yeah, yeah. That's what I feel like has become sort of the thing now with the certain budgeted types of films, especially these TV movies, which, as I said, mass consumption. Uh, on uh, certain channels here, both in Canada and the States, yeah. they're just getting them out there. Uh, yeah, I noticed that you guys have get, always got to work in such tight, quick turnaround. And that must, does, like for you, does that actually help because of your background on TV? Or is it more, does it add more pressure? I would say I it working on Second Gen definitely helped because we were a scrappy show. So I got really used to looking at a script and being like, oh, this is going to take too much time. Absolutely not. (laughs) 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 So that was a very fast thing that I went through the script and was like, no, no, no. Or like we will be putting these two locations next to each other. And I think that saved our butt a lot was Mm. really consolidating scenes and anything that anything that was like, oh, this is this is going to take a lot of time. Because I did another one, which was a road trip movie. And I was like, okay, a road trip movie. This is a lot of a lot of different locations because it has to be. And that yeah. that's where it gets really, really tricky. And then you pick and choose. Like there's a couple moments in Love at Sky Gardens where I was like, all right, this is where we're going to spend some time. This is where we're going to try and make it look real fancy. And then the other ones, you know, are just your fast. Like, let's get this Let's get this done scene. Yeah, like this is a transition scene. We got to get them here from here. Then we can slow down. Sort of yeah, exactly. And I rely a lot on two shots with my actors. So like, again, get them improving. So it still has some flavor to it, even though we have to move it quickly. That's kind of my, my trick. Oh, now, you, you know, like we, I, I mentioned, you know, earlier when we were talking about this, like there is a, a language around this and you mentioned improv. And I'm just wondering like, how much freedom did you guys actually have with a 13 day schedule to, you know, to, to fit some of that in there? Yeah. I mean, like when I'm saying improv, like I'm meaning like I, like each act, the actors get maybe two takes three if they're lucky. And so like, I'm like, here, give me one really good take. Okay. And I'll be like, this is yours. Or sometimes there's a, there's a couple scenes in there where you'll see that we'll have only done it's, there's no cutting. It's a straight two thing. And I'll tell them like, we have this script and then I'll be like, but fill in the gaps. Like, I don't want it to be like, here's your line. Here's my line because you're supposed to be having fun. So that's when the, it will be improv in that kind of way. I we don't have time for them to fully go off, off into like a new scene or something different. <laughs> <laughs> in a way but i'm very very like uh i'm very choosy of like okay that was good now you can have a little bit of fun here okay that was good thank you very much and let's move on and that would be hilarious way. though if they were like suddenly adding in some crazy backstory about a grandfather <laughs> that you never see it's like no 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 we got no time for this 
<laughs> hey, it can go. I, cause I also like on second gen, we worked with amazing second city artists and mm. like they can improv like for, for eons. And you're like, yeah. Oh, I have to, I have to stop them to actually improv. Whereas like <laughs> other, other actors will do a little bit of improv, but they won't go too far. So you're, mm. it's not too much wrangling in that well, way. That's good. That's good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> now, of course, uh, as I mentioned, not only have you, been directing you know movies but you've also been directing web series and uh, of course there was uh, lady ada's secret society and i got to watch that and god those kids are funny you know <gasps> right yeah aren't they so funny and they have been sweeping like the best ensemble awards at like all the festival and you can see why because they're so great together like the 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 four girls we've had them since the trailer except our our main lead, Tina, um, she she was new. She was new to the group, but really like fit in quite quite quickly. And with them as well, there's some improv for sure with, with them. Again, I do the same thing. I was like, let's get the real scene. Okay, now you get to say whatever you want. Just don't move your bodies differently so I can edit it. <laughs> you get to say whatever you want. That's usually my stipulation. You get to say whatever you want on your single. Just do the same body movement. <laughs> Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I can see how a show like that would have a little bit more room for improv in that mm -hmm. sense, because you got such big personalities. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I, I gotta say like, again, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. So it must've been like really good working with such young, talented actors. Yeah. And like it, it was interesting because, you know, when you work with young talent, you also have time restraints that are different from adults. And so you're like, not only do you have, not only is going to be tight because we shot that in 14 days as well. <laughs> um, you're the two week champion. I'm going go. to pop it out in different two weeks. guys. <laughs> Here we go. Um, but like, then you also have like extra time restraints where like, you got to be like, all right, Claire needs a subway sandwich now for an hour because we have to stop, which is good. I'm glad we have like child rule, children rules and stuff like that. Of but it's, course. um, you know, it's its own, it's its own challenge. And then we were also working with, I don't know if you know this, but the headmistress is a voice of Sailor Moon. Um, really? Yes. Okay. Uh, like, it's so cool. So she was a really, really cool actress to have on, yeah, on the show, on the show with us as well. Yeah. That's very That's cool. Nice. Now, it's interesting you brought up the the whole time constraints with children and stuff. And I know that you're, you're a big proponent on actually having actors and crew members and everything eventually getting to like a regular, more feasible work day. Yes, I am. You know, for the betterment and mental health. Cause it's a, yeah, you guys, again, like, again, you said it took two, you only had two weeks to make a project. So I'm guessing those are long days. And I know sometimes there are shoots that go 16 hour days and some that go 18 hour days. So yeah, I mean, we never did cause we couldn't afford it. Of course. So <laughs> to be perfectly honest but even if we could i wouldn't because i just like you know we've heard a lot of stories where like especially crew who like are like driving home at night and like falling asleep because and like not having enough turnaround time and and like and turnaround time for people listening meaning not enough time to sleep at home like they need to have at least eight, 12 hours at home to sleep and come back the next day and i think mental health is really important. I also think that if we don't allow ourselves to have somewhat normal 
work schedules and by normal, I say 12 hours a day instead of 16. Like what? <laughs> a normal Still 12 slightly hours. crazy as opposed <laughs> yeah. to majorly crazy. Exactly. But then no one can have families. Like no one can have other, other things in their lives. And I want to care about art. I do care about my art a lot, but I think people are part of the art. And if we're not taking care of that, then um, it's just not sustainable. And and especially in these MOWs, I really learned that because the crew is just working nonstop. It's not like ours. It's not like where I do a fun project and I take a break for a while or break or unemployed, whatever we want to call it. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I'm taking a break right now myself. There you yeah, go. <laughs> right, right, right. There's a little break. Um, they're going, they, they can be on a show on movies, like, like all year round. So for them, it does become a job. And so you, you do actually have to give them time to go home to their family. Like, and, and I really got that. I was like, oh, I need to respect these people who need to go home to their family. We're not killing, like, yes, blood, sweat and tears, but they got to go home to their family a little bit too. And that matters. No, for totally. sure. You know, and I, and I, I, I think that's awesome because we I've noticed I've started to notice at least, you know, uh, in in a bunch of different industries where like 12, 14, 16, 18 hour days were quite common. Video game industry is very similar to this um, acting, obviously, uh, you know, uh, it, it just happens. And but I've started to notice like people like yourself and others talking about not doing that, you know, like, cause, because mental health and, and a work-life balance is so important to, to everybody. Cause otherwise you're just going to burn out and then, then you're good to no one. Exactly. Yeah. We don't want people dying. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Guys, it's, we're making fun things or scary things or dramatic things, but we're not, <laughs> we're not actually trying to kill ourselves. That's right. No, That's right. no, we, we don't, there, we don't need to chop our ears off, yes. you know, like yes. we don't need to do any of that stuff for the art. Exactly. It can just, it can be done, yes. you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You I, I, I applaud that. I think that's great. Do you think that that's, is taking more uh, root in the industry itself, you know, or is it, is it still kind of like a, you know, a slow build with it, like people like yourself that are, are pushing towards this? It's a great question. I think I'm seeing more and more, especially during, after the pandemic, more funding and things around mental health and therefore like work hours has to relate to mental health. So I, I do know programs are incorporating mental health more so. And I do think that during the pandemic, a lot of us, when we like had to, had to stop working for a bit, we're like, huh, this is what it's like to rest. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Many of us have been like, I don't think I want to go back to killing myself that badly. (laughs) So I do feel like there's been a mental shift. I don't know how long that I'll be curious to see how this plays out maybe three years from now. I do feel like there has been a little bit more shifting, especially like, okay, work from home, like, and things like that too have been, have been shifting since the pandemic. So it'll, we'll see if we like forget all of it in maybe three years. And I hope not. I hope not either. Yeah. That's, that always seems to be kind of the problem, right? Like, you know, we hear this thing like quiet quitting and things like that in, in other industries. It's just like, I I think you're right. I think after, you know, we get to that three, four year mark down the road, then from, you know, from the pandemic, we'll kind of see if it's still stuck. Cause that would be, Mm -hmm. I think it would be great if it did. Cause I think I, I love entertainment. I love that people like yourself create things, but at the same time, I want you to have like a healthy life. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. I really felt that. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> 
And then it guarantees that everybody's able to be more creative and continue on. Totally. Yes. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Now, of course, I mentioned it off the top of the show. You're you're a multi hyphenate. You're an actor. You're a director. You're a writer. You're a producer. You've worn many hats. Uh, and uh, because of that, of course, we get to see your your, your lovely face on camera <laughs> regularly, which is great. And of course, you're part of the cast of Run the Burbs, which yeah, we've had Andrew Fung on the show. We've had Racky on the show. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like that set really knows how to have fun. Ugh, it's so true. I really suggest for everyone, you have no choice in this, but I'm going to suggest it anyway for your executive producer to be one of the actors because they make sure your set's great. (laughs) (laughs) I can see how that could help, you know. Helpful. He's on set every day, all the time. (laughs) <laughs> trying to like take the temperature and Andrew really cares like super super cares and it was kind of the same with Jason Priestley when I was on Private Eyes like it it made a difference that the EP was there with the crew with the actors so they knew how long the days were looking like Andrew knows how long the days are looking Andrew knows like okay guys we need to get them some snacks like some extra snacks on set right now <laughs> like yeah Oh, yeah. Well, I also both uh, Racky and, and Andrew have mentioned that uh, whenever they're working with food on set, they try to eat as little as the prop food as possible so they could take it home. Have you yes. ever got to partake in the take home? I have not partaken. Well, because Racky's job is to cook. So she get like in the, <laughs> yeah. on the show. So she has so much stuff that her person that she cooks. I work at a, a bubble bay, which are like a bubble tea place. Mm. And I, I would say the pastries, I think that I give away have been sitting out longer. <laughs> like yeah, so yeah. I, they're, they're not definitely props by now. Totally. They're definitely props. <laughs> but guys, we have a real bubble tea ceiling machine. And that's oh, pretty fun really? sometimes. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. It's not a cooperative actor because it takes much longer than we want it to take in a scene. <laughs> we can't wait for it to like seal and everything like that. But it's authentic. Well, that's nice. good. That's good. Yeah. Um, I've always I find that Kathy sometimes in a scene she'll be like you know very understanding, but there's other times where it just seems like Kathy has been just tired. Is like the day is done. Let me just get the hell out of here. Why am I sitting in your your living room tasting your food? I just want to go home. Okay. Yeah. 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 She's taken on my like, guys, we should be normal humans now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, totally. I think Kathy's thing, my kind of mantra with her, she always has she's a small business owner. So she always has like a broken dishwasher that is way more important than your drama. Like when. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's kind of Kathy's thing. Like, whatever drama's happening around, she's like, okay, but I have taxes. Like, what, what are we doing? And and she has a heart. She's like a softy inside. She often gives a lot of advice to everyone, but very dry, very, very like, hey, let's not, like, things don't need to be complicated. And it's funny because she is grumpy. And people who didn't know me before the show um, think I'm grumpy. They don't know that they don't know what I'm like. Like they, they, I, I noticed it. I was like, oh, why are people being quite standoffish with me on set? And I, I didn't realize that it was because they didn't know me as, as the person. And Kathy's quite like, I don't give a, she I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck what you're doing. And it's so empowering to be. And then I met 
crew and people outside the show, even like our current showrunner now, Nilo, and she's like, I thought you were so like grumpy. And like, I was like, what is up with her? <laughs> and I was like, they, oh, they, no. They- they know you're an actor, right? Like- right? Yeah, yeah. I just guess it was like, they just assumed. I was like, oh, she must be like how she how she is there. And I was like, no, I don't know. Because I, yeah. I, I put on the, the that air a little bit no, when well, I'm on it's like, I, It's like I, a I full transformation, so though. Yeah. A full transformation, though, on screen. It's because, like, again, you're like wow. a, a fun, young, bubbly person. But as soon as Kathy comes on the screen, it seems like, she has the temperament of like a 55 year old woman who just has seen it all and wants everybody to get the fuck out of her way. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Just like a hard working woman. And I also, I actually leaned into more of, um, uh, my like masculine side a little bit. I also came out as like queer in the summer. And so like, there was a part of myself that I was experimenting as well. That was like a little bit more grounded and slower and leaning into a certain part of me that um, I hadn't explored before. So that was also really fun for me. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, well, before we go here, um, I just want to, want to ask you about something I saw on your Instagram recently, uh, <laughs> your request to all media now to be taken <laughs> your photographs and whatnot to be taken in 360 from now on. I guess yes. you really enjoyed that setup they had at Kuza. I did. I did. I was like, are we doing a 360 picture somehow on Zoom, guys? Like, this would be the greatest. I tried just, to set it up. Or, you know, I'll just, like, <laughs> spin around in my wheelie chair for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that would that, be awesome. All right. <laughs> Honestly, technology is going so fast, it's hard to keep up with anything. But like, you know, it's me personally, like I've got it like locked down here. This is all you get to see. I don't I don't know if I want everybody to see the rest of the rest of me or my house. That's the you know what I mean? Like, that's the you got to you got to be a little bit, especially in these meetings. Right. Like you got to be a little bit careful, you know. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm I'm grateful for the blurred background. And like, I'm grateful for. Yeah. that I get to wear pajama bottoms. Right. Uh, like in that way, but also, I don't know. Was that a bad thing to reveal guys? <laughs> like, no, not at no, all. Not at all. No, that's normal. <laughs> I think honestly, I just assume no matter what I see from, you know, the chest up that there, anybody is just wearing shorts or PJs or jogging totally. pants, like something like that, you know, hopefully pants of some of clothing of some kind, yes. but yeah, we hope right? yeah. yeah, business upstairs, party downstairs. That's totally, right. totally. Yeah. And that yeah. I, I, that's what I always think about every time I'm on a video call. Yeah. But you never know. Like, you never know, you never know. but you do also have to figure out like what to do with your body when you're with right. other humans in person, <laughs> like with the 360 camera, they're like, move your arms. And we were like, Oh, okay, we've no idea what to do. <laughs> it just goes to the natural, like shake the arms back and forth type motion. Yes, That's- exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, that everybody's was like an cool. old Italian man at a wedding in one yeah, of those. Yeah, things. yeah, That's a lot of like finger guns. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. there you go. Well, we look forward to your finger guns popping up everywhere, <laughs> and uh, of course, also look forward to. I know that you're working uh, on an independent project. You're in development mm-hmm. on one based on your father. Yeah, dementia, dealing with dementia during the pandemic. So I know that's a real heartfelt personal story. I'm really looking forward to when you guys get to make that. Oh, thank you so, so much. And like, thank you so much for your wonderful questions. Um, and like it, 
uh, I was like, I, I was good about to plug my, my social media. And I was like, don't do that. And I was like, now I'm not just going to say it anyway. I'm like, if anyone wants to follow me at the Samantha Wan on my Instagram to, to see stuff, they can do that. And I just really appreciate. Yeah. I appreciate being here guys. Well, we appreciate yeah. having you Absolutely. and we look forward to more things coming from you. As long as you get some sleep in between. That's all that yes. matters to yes. us. Agreed. You, you guys too. You guys too. Pass uh, it on to the everyone yeah, else. Right. Come on. <laughs> all right. I'll make it make sure I mention to the next guest. Yeah. All right. You have yourself a great night, Samantha. You too. Bye, guys. Bye. So that was Samantha Wan. Uh, of course, uh, Love It Sky Gardens is available in Canada through uh, uh, Super Channel. You can find it on demand with Super Channel. In the States, it's through Apple TV. You can get it through there. And I believe in the States, it's also available on YouTube, so you can check it out there. Uh, we're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about The Diplomat. And we're going to be reading some of your emails right here. Geek Card on Reality Radio 101. Remember when you used to go to the comic shop and browse through the stacks, picking up comic after comic, talking to your fellow customers and the store owner about what books you should buy? What kind of outside people daywalker nonsense are you talking about? I don't go outside. Well, thank goodness for Back Issue Bloodbath with Andrew Young and Petula Neal. When we talk about comics old and new. Mostly old. But sometimes new. Every Wednesday, new episodes drop at geekardshow.com or wherever you catch your pots. Check it out and have yourself a good. Welcome back to you, Geekard, right here. On Reality Radio 101. And now back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Heart, Andrew Young and Mr. Green here. And we're going to get into our review of The Diplomat. But first, we want to read some of the emails you sent in so far during the show. Of course, if you want to send your email in, either a question for our next guest, Tamara Almeida, or uh, your thoughts on The Diplomat, reviews, just to say, hey, you can do it at geekartshow at gmail.com. First, we hear from John T., who uh, they found us a location to bomb, comedy-wise. Ah. They're like, geeks, bomb here. Everyone pisses on the floor. And it's a picture of Puddler's Hall. So, <laughs> sounds like they all piss on the floor there, definitely. All right. Oh, my God, we had an email in from... Uh, Longtime listener Kelly T. He says, Geeks, digging the diplomat. If you are still doing ratings, mine would be an eight plus. Love the show. Well, there we go. Yes, Kelly. We will always welcome anyone's number ratings or any type of ratings. Yes. Yeah. They no don't ma- even no have matter, to be numbers. Yeah. Whatever they are. Yeah. We, if you're are, like, I rated a ham sandwich out of deli sandwiches, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. We are, we are a very open minded rating system here. Yeah. There is no rating system. That's that's really what it comes down to. The rating system is what you make it. Yes, sir. Uh, Bob V, another longtime listener, writes in saying the diplomat. Bob Vila. Is 
No, not Bob Vila. Bob V. Oh, sorry. Good I just Bob immediately, I, I, I just immediately went to Bob. It's Vila. like, why does this email tell me how to build a nightstand? Crazy. But anyways, no. Bob V writes: The diplomat is very good. A nine rating, with a beer, a ten. Hate of the old man. Are you somebody talking about me? Yep, yep. Somebody messaged you. So, uh, so if I have a beer, I'm really gonna enjoy the show. Is that what you're saying? Well, that's that's what Bob's saying. Okay, Bob, well, I'll give it a shot. Okay, thanks, cool. old man. <laughs> right, so he's an enigma. Yeah, he's an enigma wrapped in a really nice Argyle sweater. Um, it, it we're gonna nice. get into yeah, we're gonna get into it now and talk about the Diplomat, created by Deborah Khan and produced and distributed by Netflix. And here he is back again to read the synopsis. Is the old man? I didn't even get to finish my beer. Oh God! All right, here. Oh, hey, by the way, how's it going? Oh, good, man. You? I'm pretty That's good. a really nice sweater, eh? Thanks. You know, I got it from my late wife. I think it was wife number 10. I can't remember. Handmade or, or she just bought it for you and gave it to you? I don't know. You know, she was good with the showing. Huh? But, you know, I saw a tag in the back. Uh... It said gimbals. But she was part of the gimbal fortune. So I don't know. She that was good, be. though. Yeah, she could. You know what she was really clearly. Good at? It looks great. She was really good at uh, sewing in zippers every time I split my pants. It's good. That explains all the zippers on your pants. Just zippers, yeah. She didn't like it was. She just sew a zipper wherever. I was like, people were like, you got a lot of pockets. I'm like, no, I just got a lot of easy access there. All right. So, anyways, in the midst of an international crisis, Kate Weiler, a career diplomat lands in a high-profile job for which she was not suited with tectonic implications for her marriage and her political future. Oh, man, that's... You don't mix... You don't mix marriage and politics. It's not a good plan, you know? My, no. uh... I had a friend, Caesar. He had his wife, Cleopatra. Uh, politics got involved. Suddenly this other dude I knew named Mark got involved, and Whew. I'm just saying, you don't mix marriage and politics. That's all there is to it. No, you shouldn't. All right. Well, I'm going to go drink that beer now. All right. Have a, and there he it. goes. All right. So, Mr. Green. Yes. Diplomat. Eight episodes on Netflix. What do you think of the show? Um, Really enjoyed it. It was one of those shows that... Because, like, when you get into political intrigue shows like this, I have a, I, I find that they can get sometimes a little stodgy and a little like, you know, boring is the right way. I, I was the best way I could put it. Um, I found here, even though the end of the first episode kind of tricks you into thinking that it's going to go this like high octane intrigue. It clearly doesn't. No, and it's all about diplomacy. It's people sitting yeah. there going, if I give you this, will you give me this? And, and when done right, it can be really, really engaging, right? Like I've talked about this with other movies or, you know, um, is that there are movies that have nothing but talking and people just walking around and talking and yet feel like an action movie because the, the pace of the dialogue and the stakes that are happening within that, that particular moment are super important and, and everybody's buying into them and you're into them. And that's what I found with this. I, I was, I was really getting dragged along into the story. And then like my biggest complaint is that, you know, it's eight episodes and there's more story to come hopefully. 
right? Like, there's, yeah. we hope that there's another season because they of, left a very specific dangling plot thread, a nice big, climax. Big yeah. Yeah. You know, like cliffhanger. Like, yeah. And it, like, in the classic sense of like, you know, uh, uh, 80s and, you know, like late 70s, early 80s and 90s television, like perfect, like soap opera cliffhanger. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not saying that as a detriment. I actually like it make like in this universe, it made total sense. Um, but it's definitely going back to that escalation of, of, of storytelling. I thought that, uh, Carrie Russell does a really great job. Two things this year that she's been in that I've really enjoyed. Right. Cause cocaine bear was amazing. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, in here, she's not, uh, you know, like the, uh, the mama bear protecting her cubs scenario, but she's, uh, she's the mama bear trying to, uh, protect, uh, like a nation. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, I also liked her just her like her character. Like she's not, um, she's no bullshit. Yeah. Like just a straight shooter. Just fuck, just tell it. And, uh, and Rufus Sewell, like as an actor, like I've loved him for years, like ever since dark city and, you know, and, and, uh, a knight's tale. I know the movie's not that good, but I like him in it. Like there's a lot of things that he's done that I just really enjoy and seeing him here playing a really, uh complicated character he's a master manipulator but he's got a lot of charisma so he's what we like to call a politician yeah or tom cruise and uh <laughs> but there's other people in this movie you know like uh david gaiese who uh, plays the uh, foreign secretary for the british you know rory the great rory kinnear as, as the uh, prime minister yeah as the prime minister and what uh mm, what a he's a he's a prime minister yeah, he is, yeah. He is, he is a prime minister for sure. But I, I really like the thing they have going in it with uh, uh, Edo Asando and Alion. Mm, yes, because you know, like they're they're kind of aside from Carrie Russell's Kate Weiler, these are the other two like straight up quote unquote good guys of the group. You know what I yeah. mean? Whereas everybody else is playing a power game. These three people actually give a shit about what they're doing. Yeah. And the, the, the player, they have, uh, Edo and Ali have amazing chemistry in this. It was fun watching them together. Yeah, I know. Like, and, and they're great actors as well. Like, that's the thing. Like, this is a show that is, again, because there's not a lot of high octane action in it, it has to do with the character development and the, and the talking and everything like that. You got to have a really solid cast. And I look at this cast and, you know, like it, they really, they're really bringing the thunder on oh, all yeah. of the key all the key people like even even michael mckean who's you know obviously we know him as a comedic actor you know for you know decades now uh and he is kind of playing a little bit of a jokey character here you know yeah, it's as, funny because it's like he's taken the jokiest elements of both trump and biden and shoved yeah. them together <laughs> yeah and, and it but it's working like yeah. it's, a, it's a version of a president that wouldn't surprise me um, but also again, I just, I, I've had this conversation recently. I think comedic actors do really well in dramas because they can, they just naturally know how to bring the comedy in without overpowering everything. Whereas I find dramatic actors going into comedy, not as easy as trans transition. Yeah. Dying you know? is easy. Comedy's hard. Totally. Yeah. Right. So like we saw that with, uh, Robin Williams, of course, like he was great. Oh yeah, so many dramatic roles that he was able to go into. Yeah. Some that were even scary as shit. Like, yeah. there you go. Yeah, but but, uh, he... but yeah, the cast in here is amazing. So what are you saying? People should check it out. 
Absolutely. On Netflix. Yeah, I, I, I burned through it uh, since yesterday, like watched all eight episodes and uh, I was hungry for more. Yeah, I did so as well. I had a lot of uh, like I was really entertained by it. I was really intrigued by it. And uh, yeah, it all comes down to just compelling people talking and uh, it's a good one. So check it out. We're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we'll be talking to Tamara Almeida from Jane on Apple TV Plus right here. Geek Card on Reality Radio 101. Want to advertise on Geekard and be heard by thousands of listeners? It's easy. It's simple. It's fun. Email us at geekardshow at gmail.com for information on our advertising packages today. Welcome back to Geek Card right here on Reality Radio 101. All the things I love, where they come and go, but what I need and never know. And now, back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card, Andrew Young and Mr. Green here. We're finishing off the old program with our final guest of the evening. She is an actor who you can see uh, as Maria on the Apple TV Plus series, Jane. Uh, all 10 episodes are available now on the platform. Please welcome to the program, Tamara Almeida. Hello. Hello. How's it going? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Again, much like our first guest tonight, I think it's been about six years since we got a chance to talk with you. So, yeah. and back then it was for another Apple TV Plus show where you played uh, young grandma That's on right. Ghost Rider. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Can you believe that there is like a life before the pandemic? <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. It's crazy. It feels like, as even though I said it's about six years ago, it feels like a decade thanks to that pandemic right in the middle. Totally. Yeah. It's like oh. dog years for every pandemic year. Like we add like right. three years. Yeah, know? yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh my Sometimes goodness. even more, it feels like, you know, like I feel I feel like I'm 100 now. That's uh, really what it comes down to. Yeah, I bet like if like your back cracks differently, like right? everything feels different. I, I agree. I feel like those, especially that first year, I mean, first year felt like not so bad. It was the second, like end of first year into second year. I was like, is this ever going to come to an it's end? Like, We're still doing this guys. I know. Oh. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nice to be here now. Yes. Yeah. It's nice to have you here tonight. And of course, uh, on this, this new show, Jane, you play, uh, Maria, mm-hmm. the, uh, the mother of Jane who, uh, you know, Single mom, just trying to get out there, do her best. And she's a goddamn saint. She really is. Because it's like, she's got this amazing kid. But this amazing kid who does a lot of stuff that kind of drags her into stuff. But then on top of that, she's got to work a full-time job. She's got to take care of stuff for just her and Jane. It's a lot on her plate. 
Yeah, it makes me think a lot of my own, my my mom raised four of us on her own, and I think I have no idea how someone raised four kids like as an immigrant in this country, like on their own. I'm actually perplexed by it, especially like just playing a mom was exhausting, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's like with with, uh, with the kid playing uh, Jane there, it's like I look at her and I look at you and I'm like. You would have had to have been a baby to have this baby. Like, you know, it's like, no way. Isn't that funny? I, yeah, Ava Louise was nine years old when we were shooting, and I am definitely like a lot older than her. And so, <laughs> but we're the same height. Yeah. So I sometimes think that that's part of what like lends to feeling like I, I feel like it. People always say that. They're like, oh, you look so young. And I was like, I think it's just because I'm small, you know? And Ava Louise <laughs> happens to be quite tall. Um, but yeah, I was actually. Her her mom as well were the same age, so it's actually hilarious that like just seeing actors kind of not aging, you know? Yeah, 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 totally. Not when you That's... talk to me in thirty years from now, I'm gonna look like this. Yeah, and you're gonna wow. have to give me the secret on how yeah, you do right. that because that's that's pretty freaking amazing, definitely. But uh, working with with Ava there, the uh, mm. I, like I said, she's a very talented young actress. Yeah. And you and her have very authentic chemistry as a mother-daughter on there. So what was it like working with her? Yeah, I mean, Ava Louise is so special. Uh, it actually, everyone has brought that up. And I think we actually did have this incredible chemistry. So we actually met before the the um, the final callback. Um, we were both 15 minutes early. And actually, we went upstairs together and we're sitting and we just started chatting. And we had this like incredible immediate chemistry and when we went into audition it was just there uh, and it has been there since the beginning it's actually been one of the strangest most incredible like kismet interactions i've had with a child i didn't know right like how yeah. like what are the chances of that that you meet someone and you know anyone really and you just kind of get on and i think maybe because i have nieces i have a, a quite a big family that i love kids and love being around children and uh yeah i think they like to be heard so I think immediately what I, Ava Louise is incredibly bright. And even when she was nine, she I would tell her, I'm like, you're nine going on 17. And so <laughs> listening to her because she wanted to share and wanted to speak, I think created this really incredible bond between us because as she shared, I was genuinely very interested. And then she's so talented. We go work, you know, she's like giving it her all. And then she wants to play like now it's funny because she's 11 and it's very different when she's shopping at Sephora versus shopping at Showcase, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so having this beautiful relationship with her and then being able to go and work from that space and both of us just allowing the other to play and inform our interactions over lunch or whatever we had to kind of infuse the work was really, really special. Do you, I'm curious, Tamara, because like, obviously, like, she's very talented, right? And, you know, and, and, and you, you know, you're in the business and you've been acting for a while now as well. Do you look at her sometimes when you're in the scenes, like, and you kind of like forget that you're working with somebody who's so young, like that is this talented as a scene partner? A hundred percent. Both of them, both Ava, Louise and uh, Mason Blomberg, the two of them, I actually got to say, like, I, like, I joke about it, but it's true. I hit the jackpot with these kids because they're so like seasoned, like the way that they're able to so technical, like these kids shows because like Greybeard on the show isn't there. There's no animals at all. And they just look at something and they commit older actors, to be honest, because they still have that ability to play. So not only did it feel like I'm working with, you know, 
the most experienced actors, even if they're not, because they just have this ability, um, this like intrinsic ability to just imagine. And then they're, they're like sponges. So the way that they learn lines, they, you can kind of give us uh, like a redirect or you can kind of give us like a new scene and they would learn it so quickly. So I just felt like I learned a lot from them because they weren't in their way. So I actually feel like it improved my acting, to be honest, because I saw how free they were. And I was like, oh, wow, like I can still apply my character work and do everything that I've done. And there can be a bit more freedom and just being in the moment, which is what kids do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I kind of at the beginning of this, I kind of for listeners who haven't had a chance to check out the show, uh, this is like a mission driven children's series inspired by the works of Jane Goodall. So Jane, the young character, she is someone who is trying to save the animals of the entire world. And so each episode, she's kind of informing the viewers of these endangered species. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end, of course, there's a portion where she actually talks to a, uh, you know, a professional from uh, the wildlife uh, preservation. Yeah, specialists. Yeah. That like, so it was great because it's a mix of like, kind of like you have some documentary, you have some like surrealism, you have this adventure, and then you also have this like kids show. It's a mix of everything. I really think there's nothing like it, to be honest. It's why I'm so excited by it because I think of all the children that are going to get to see this and adults who are like watching it with their kids or like their nieces and nephews you know um but it's just it's a show that makes you feel hopeful and I think we need a little bit of that after what's happened the last few years totally I was really surprised by the show and the way that it's layout because as you said it's all those things and then on top of that the 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 great guest stars you have on the show as well like we're talking about a number of famous Canadians uh, on the show, especially like I know you got to do some scenes with Mark McKinney as well. That's crazy. I got to say, like every time that I would read one of the scripts, I was so curious, like who's going to come in next? Like even when we had um, Dion Johnstone, who's lovely and he's like a Stratford guy. And then you get to work with these people and you're like, this is kind of insane. Like these talented wonderful people are coming to our like little kids show in some ways, you know, you have no idea that. And because what's so wonderful about the show is that they take the adult storyline really make sure that they like try to arc them and tie it back to the animals because we're humanizing these animals and also showing you like the crossover, like we should care about the animals the way that we care about. So, you know, even in that first episode, we're looking at depression a little bit and loneliness. And you're seeing that when we look at the animals as well, like how these two things intersect. I just think it's so beautiful to educate children from an early age, how much we need community and how much we need to support each other. Yeah. Yeah. And doing it, doing it in a way, like, as you said, the kind of intersection of that stuff, like Paul Sunyon Lee's performance was something that I expect in an adult drama, the way he was like, he really gave his all in that. Totally. Yeah. And he's just sitting there like depressed, like longing for his son. And then you have Jane, you know, sitting with him, like changing his life. And it's so beautiful because even that moment at the end, you know, when she apologizes or for anyone who hasn't seen it, she doesn't do that, you know, but you get to see how we're, and I think that's true of children, similar to when you were asking about like the chemistry with Ava. I think it's true of, of, of adults and children. If we can allow the other one in, we can really affect each other and how beautiful to see a that is celebrating that, you know, she is so grown up energetically. And sometimes I yell at her. Sometimes I lose my cool. Sometimes I, it's not just, you know, 
rainbows. It, it, there is a, like a realism to it. And I know I've seen my sister with all her kids and I'm going through my own like fertility journey that I know my kids, whenever that happens, if it happens, like there will be an element of like, please let's get the thing done, you know? And I felt yeah. that even working sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, no, it, it's awesome. Cause like, I, I remember growing up and shows like this are things that impacted me, like that made me, yeah. you know, curious about other things in the world, right? Like whether it's other animals or, you know, history, things like that. It, it's shows that do that, but also that don't talk down and treat, treat the, the viewer, like the, the, especially the, the young viewers as children and be like, we're going to, we're going to give you some, there's some handholding of some parts of it, but there's also like, as you said, like there's some more serious parts of that. And those, mm-hmm. I think they're really, really important. I think, the, and the show is doing a really good job of that. And I think that you guys should all be commended for, for uh, providing something that is so um, well-rounded. Thank you. I mean, I love hearing that because I think it's, Obviously, like we love kids, they're the future, and a new generation of kids gets to learn about Jane Goodall, like Dr. Jane Goodall. Right. Like they get to learn about someone who's so influential, so important, and you know, it's I think a testament really to JJ Johnson who runs Sinking Ship because he is able to create work like this that doesn't shame and educates. You know, so it's like you're not shaming adults, you're not shaming kids, you're actually giving them an opportunity to learn in the truest sense, and gift you know isn't that really like what we want to impart on anyone is like teaching them something so i think seeing what he's been able to do and then the like the graphics on the show because my first time seeing it was when we premiered it last week i actually hadn't seen anything other than the trailers and i was like this looks crazy like how did you do this? <laughs> like this how did you how did you do this when we started shooting this a year ago like what they were able to do like blows my mind so not only is it educational it's entertaining you know, what, yeah. what they've been able to capture. So, yeah, I'm so excited. I know I'm proud. And I remember when, like, I signed on for the show, I was like, I'm excited to see what they do. But more than anything, I'm just excited to introduce, like, a new generation of kids to, you know, activism. Pretty rare that you see that because yeah. we just don't see it anymore. Totally. Now, it's interesting you mentioned the introducing a new generation of kids because you're involved in another project that's going to be introducing a new generation of kids to kind of a Canadian cartoon mainstay for the past number of years. That's uh, Total Drama Island. You're one of the uh, the, the cast members for the, the new series. I am. And it's so tough because we're not allowed to talk about it because it's been released abroad, yeah. you know, in, in Italy, as we know. Um, but nothing has been announced here in Canada and the U.S. We can't even announce like our characters. It's like all out there. And yet we can't say anything. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. again, like you, you put out to say that you're a part of it. Uh, our boy, Fred Kennedy, has put yeah. out that he's a part of it. So it's interesting to see who's coming out saying, hey, I'm a part of this. It's like, oh, that's very cool. I actually yeah. went out. I went out with Fred last weekend, and he was, he brought it up, and then realized as he was saying the words, he had to stop himself because he's like, yeah. "I can't say anything to you." And I was like, "This is very, this is very, uh, you know, like uh, CIA levels of uh, of." Uh, Are you incre- a spy? Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like there's there's no sharpshooters out here, right? Canadian animation <laughs> is serious yeah. business. That's what it is. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> He wipes your memory. I'm sorry. That's just what happens when we talk about Total Drama Island. Like, we have to do that. I'm pretty excited about that. I, um, yeah, I'm very, very pumped about what's to come. Um, Yeah, I I, I know it's like, it's like, it's so tough because I want to share so much. And 
It is so exciting. We actually started shooting. We started, we did our voice callback on my very first Jane. So I worked Jane the morning. That was my first day on set. Evening, we had this final callback. So that day is like such a special day, but we all were on this Zoom callback. And then because you don't see each other when you're in the studio, you just record independently. So it was just a really, I'm very excited to see it all come together. So I'm trying to be on my best behavior and not find it and wait. And also waiting for it to be released so that I can see it with the team and with everyone Is there else. an official but date yet on, uh, on, for the release? No. I know we got an email telling us that we were allowed to share that we're part of the show. And that is uh, it. Ah. Okay. Nice. All right. Well, there we go. We'll make sure that we don't say anything more because we don't want the sharpshooters coming out and taking you out. No. So uh, I'll, I'll, well, let's quickly end off on this. Something you can talk about. You have an upcoming romantic comedy, What We Do For Love. You shot with Jake Epstein. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it was such a sweet one. We actually, so um, this was the, the project I shot right after I finished shooting Jane. And so it was a nice pivot like getting to do a romantic comedy because I haven't had like a romantic lead uh before it was very fun Jake is amazing I mean I can't say enough nice things about him he's really smart and kind and funny and I learned so much and John Bradshaw who's our director really allowed us to make it our own he gave us all the free reign in the world that sometimes I'm curious to see how this turned out as well <laughs> because <laughs> we just we took liberties for sure. Um, but it was such a wonderful experience. It's definitely one that I like I hold dear to my heart. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. It was very fun. Definitely. Well, I look forward to people getting to see that. And of course, people, all episodes of Jane are available right now on Apple TV plus. So definitely <laughs> check it out. And, uh, uh, looking forward to a time when you can speak about total drama. Island. <laughs> soon soon hopefully soon enough and then we'll talk again there you go yes and the pressure will be off and you'll be able to speak freely totally okay well tamara it's been great talking with you and uh i'm gonna make sure that it doesn't take another six years to get you back on the show because it's your delight thank you make sure you do that (laughs) okay have yourself a good night bye tamara have a great one bye see ya so that was tamara almeida you can catch her as uh, Maria, the mother on Jane, all 10 episodes are available right now on Apple TV plus. And, uh, it's a fun show that families can watch together. Totally. Mr. Hi. Green, we've come to the end of the program. Yes. Tell the good folks where they can find us. Uh, as always, you can, uh, follow us on uh, patreoncom slash key card to find more content there. As Andrew alluded to earlier in the show, uh, for everybody who participates in that right now, we thank you guys ever so much. Thanks. And for those of you who don't, that's cool. We get it. We understand. We would like you to join us. You know, because that would be super cool. Just join us. Yeah, you're you know. part of the team. Be a good cardigan. That's right. We have Just, fun over here. That's right. But we're not a cult. We have to legally say that we're not a cult. But join us. And you can always uh, find additional content uh, through YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and even Pinterest. Yes, even Pinterest. Search us uh, by looking up Geek Card Show on any of those platforms. You'll find us there. Of course, check out our website, geekcardshow.com, for more news reviews and the podcast version of this very show, available on Mondays after 2 p.m. But if you don't listen live and you're super forgetful like I am, the best way you can ensure that you hear our show is to do what, Andrew? Is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice, be it the iTunes, the Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you catch your pods. And please, while you're there, 
leave a five-star rating or review just for shits and giggles. That would be awesome. And of course, if you just want to continue the conversation with us, you can always do that by emailing geekartshow at gmail.com. I want to thank Samantha Wan and Tamara Almeida for coming on the program. For Samantha Wan, for Love at Sky Gardens, for Run the Burbs, for The Diplomat on Netflix, for all our great listeners that emailed in tonight, for Tamara Almeida, for Jane, for Total Drama Island, for Mr. Green, and for Yuri in the booth. This is Andrew Young saying, if you're going to geek out, you might as well geek hard on Reality Radio 101. Thank you for listening to Geek Hard with your host, Andrew Young, and Mr. Green, right here on Reality Radio. 101.